And I'm very excited to be joined on this episode by Amy Kilpin. Hello, Amy. Hello, thanks for having me. Not at all. Would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Yes. Well, it's a bit of a random one, really. I never really know how to introduce myself. I am a marketing consultant. I set up my company in 2014. I have I work with quite a wide range of clients, mostly London-based companies across all sorts of different industries. I'm also a triathlete. Well, sometimes I lead with the business and sometimes I lead with the triathlon and stuff. But yeah, I compete at quite a high level, a world championship level as, as an amateur. I was actually borderline going professional at the end of 2019 before COVID hit. So we'll see where that goes now. But to be honest, I'm quite focused on my work. And I also climb mountains, as you can see, with the picture in the background. <laughs> so a uh, sort of like a broad range of... And I'm going to be really interested to see how, as we get into the, the, the conversation kind of how you pull those disparate elements to, together in, in your life, really, how, what, how those things kind of feed each other. So, so let's get started. You ready? Should we get into it? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so, so could you tell us about something that you wish you'd learnt sooner? Yeah, so do you know what? I, I think the thing that I wish I'd learnt sooner is that just life moves by really, really quickly. Before you know it, you're an adult and you're kind of drifting a bit. I, I mean, I, I think I've bucked that sort of, you know, I've, I've made sure I haven't been drifting, but it's, it's still, you know, it's difficult how, how quickly life moves by. And I think my philosophy personally is that I try and just grasp every moment and fit as much as I possibly can into my life. But I do reflect a little bit on my teenage and I guess early 20s, even as a child, actually, that I probably could have focused more on one thing. I was one of those people that was never good at one thing. I just kind of flitted about. But to get really, you know, to excel at something, be really, really good at something, you have to dedicate a lot of time and passion into it. So what you're describing therefore is, uh, sounds quite familiar because I think I, for a lot of my kind of late teen, early 20s kind of life, was quite, I guess, fixed mindset in the sense that I would only be as good at something as I was naturally. Is is that kind of what you're talking about there? That kind of yeah. I mean, I get well. There's a, there's a couple of different ways to look at that. It's not it's not obviously just the things that you're good at naturally. I, I don't think. I think it's the things you're interested in, the things you mm -hmm. love. You can be good at something naturally as a kid, but not particularly enjoy it, and then people just you know fall off. Yeah, there's so much untapped potential in, in children and young people, but but they just don't, they lack the interest and the passion, the, the the dedication. So it's that kind of sweet spot of having a natural interest in something, potentially a natural talent, but it doesn't always work like that. Because there's that point, isn't there, where I, I guess interest and talent has to give way to actually putting the work in. Yeah. I mean, when I started triathlon over 10 years ago now, I, there was no natural talent. I, I don't come from a swim, bike or run background. I started it as an adult. I couldn't swim one length of front pool. And I've competed on every continent, obviously, apart from Antarctica, multiple world championships and, you know, borderline about to get a professional license. So, and that is purely down to hard work and dedication because there was, there were so many points where I thought I should just give up. This is humiliating. I was coming last. So, so what drew you into if, if you if you weren't in a if you were a swimmer and you weren't what what drew you into the triathlon as your as your thing? How did you end up end up with that as your thing? The, the challenge, I think. So, I started working full time out of university as a journalist, and and I, I really enjoyed the work. But I didn't just want my life to be defined by my job title and my nine to five. I wanted something outside of, of my working life. 
so I started kind of doing some running challenges and started out quite small because obviously I wasn't a runner and then just built it up and the next thing I wanted to tick off the list just for the challenge really was was triathlon but then I, I got quite hooked by the lifestyle that it gave me okay and how did you push through the whole being last thing being how did you get from that point where you were okay well this is humiliating which was the word you just used through to I'm going to continue to put the work in until I'm you know borderline going professional what was that journey like I think just pure stubbornness I I I didn't want to give up and you know I guess I had to rationalize it to a degree that I don't care what people think about me because I'm not doing this for them I'm doing it for myself so I'd turn up at races and a, and a kayak would actually accompany me out of the water because I was the last swimmer on the course and I could barely swim. It was quite embarrassing. They were closing down aid stations behind me after I'd gone through because I was the last person on the bike. But I think just the stubbornness, you know, that no, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I know I can keep pushing and I know I can, you know, prove to myself that I, I can get through this and, and be okay. I didn't for in a million years I didn't think I'm going to be competing at uh, a high level in this sport I, I was just doing it for the for the journey for the challenge it was a personal challenge oh actually this is all right at what point <laughs> did that at what point did the penny drop that actually it was it was working out I think I was quite clouded in the the place where I started for quite a long time and by that I mean because I wasn't very good at it it took me a long time to actually adjust to that mm-hmm. reality that I had become good at it. So I think 2019 was the year where I was kind of thinking, actually, now I'm getting legit results. Anybody who's ever said that I'm not very good at triathlon and whatever I've thought for myself in the past of not being very good, I've kind of proved it now, but it, t- it took a long time. That was a long journey. <laughs> Nine yeah. years. The way you describe that, that has been hard work and a journey to go from one place to another and a mindset journey as much as a physical journey, I imagine. How does that, how's that manifested itself in other parts of your life as you've been going on that journey? What's, what else has changed for you? So much. I, I genuinely don't think I'd be the person I am in business in, in life without that. It sounds a little bit cliche, but I, I, I just, you know, that, that kind of dedication, that commitment, those kind of values that it brings you on a really micro level like so so you know me setting my alarm at 5am every day to train before work and training for an Ironman and knowing that I can do an Ironman just sets you up for success in in business and and in life because I I know that I've got the, the the sort of the commitment and the determination and the motivation to get up early and train first thing in the morning you know last thing at night whatever it takes weekend I'll give whatever I can to whatever I'm pursuing I think also so I did an interesting thing actually at the beginning of this year when we were in lockdown I did a full 180 kilometer which is the, the length of an Ironman bike leg on my turbo trainer which is my indoor static bike so you're in a room on a static bike and it took me six hours and people were like, why are you doing that at this time of year? You don't need those kind of fitness games when there may not even be any races. And as it happened, there weren't for quite a long time. And I, I said to myself and to others who asked me and questioned why, why I was getting into that kind of madness, it was purely for the mental challenge. Because I said, if I know I can sit on a turbo train in a room on my own for six hours, then I can, whatever challenges come my way, I can, because I've had the mental, you know, Every single minute I wanted to get off that bike. <laughs> it's not like I, 
it wasn't cruisy, you know. I, I wanted to get off all the time, <laughs> but but not getting off and carrying carrying on and having that kind of stubbornness and persistence teaches you a lot. Do you think is there anything that comes to mind that you think you'd done differently if you'd realised how fast life moves when earlier? So if you had learned this thing that we talked about earlier, is there anything that springs to mind that you think you would have done differently? I think if I could change my childhood, I would have got into sport earlier. I think sport is absolutely critical to mental and physical development. And right. I, I, I personally think every company out there should be hiring athletes. You know, not obviously every person has to be an athlete, but an athlete, you develop such a level of dedication that I think is is pretty special to athletes and, and I was never an athlete growing up I didn't do any sport so I, I think I did try I dabbled you know I did a bit of this and that but I didn't really stick it in a thing and I, I think now I now I have been able to do that I would have pushed myself probably to get into sport earlier and probably stick at something okay so this question sometimes ends up being related sometimes doesn't but I'm I'm interested to know, was there a book or a concept or something that you learned at some point along the way that kind of fundamentally gave you a shift and made you think about things different? Yes, there's a few and they affect different areas of my life in okay. terms of that. I would say one of the one of the pivotal books I read is a book called With Winning in Mind by Lani Batsam. And I was actually reading it at the time when I was really big into climbing. Before I got into triathlon, I was really big into rock climbing. Obviously, still doing a bit of mountaineering now, but uh, really, really into rock climbing. And I read this book, and it's a guy who, I think he's an Olympic shooter. And he, but he wasn't, obviously, he started out and then just decided he wanted to become, he became a gold medalist Olympic shooter. And he, and it sounds so obvious, the concept that, you whatever you you manifest in your mind plays out in your body it's really simple we all know that but it just describes it in such an amazing way it really resonated with me that you know the power of the power of thought and the power of positive thinking is so impactful in terms of performance and output and it doesn't doesn't matter you don't need to be an athlete this can apply to absolutely anything just having that positive mindset and that kind of intentional mindset makes such a big difference in life and I think that was a really pivotal one for me because after I read it I was just climbing stuff I never thought I'd be able to climb and because I'd always just look at the wall and be like I can't climb that instantly mm-hmm. but actually you know you start to kind of reframe it and think yeah no, I'm going to climb it I'm going to nail it <laughs> and then what happens you climb it mm-hmm. so yeah I think it's a really useful skill that I've applied to lots of areas in my life. You said you had a couple. Yeah, I read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week. I think you know it's created quite a lot of well, it's generated quite a lot of publicity in the past, and I think people are quite aware of it. But for me, the power of outsourcing was pretty critical in you know that kind of learning the the power of outsourcing from that, and that's something I've kind of adopted over the years as I've got busier and you kind of weighing up the the cost of your time versus someone else's time and just that kind of economy of time. And it's how I quite a lot into my day because I am fully on board with outsourcing. So this is kind of like only doing things that only you can do and kind of having your time focused on the things where you're adding value as opposed to be successfully. Not just that, but just, you know, thing, things that it doesn't make sense for me to do. So it's not necessarily things I, I can't do or, you know, it's actually where where do I want to 
put my energy and my focus. So as, as privileged as it sounds, actually about in May or June this year, I hired a housekeeper. I'd always had a cleaner, but I realised I was spending at least two hours a day just doing chores. And I thought, this is not, this is not a good um, investment of my time because I'm trying to juggle my business and my training and doing chores is just just detracting from that and something's got to give somewhere so I can't outsource my work very easily I can to a degree I definitely can't outsource my training to get pay someone to go and do it not going to get very fit that way so I outsource my all my housework that somebody else just manages my house now and I find it it's a game changer yeah I can imagine I'm just trying to work out if that would work for my kids. So let's think a little bit about that, like the workflow and the things that you do and the 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 way that you the, the way that you work and how you you do the stuff that you do. What is something that and you can't have your phone or your laptop because people always say phone or laptop. But what is something that you absolutely couldn't live without? You use every day is kind of like fundamental to to kind of the way that you work and the things that you do. Yeah, so one of the other books or concepts that I was going to also mention is Getting Things Done, TTD. That's changed my life because I'm, I'm juggling so many different components. I'm actually a sponsored athlete, so I have athlete obligations to the various brands that I represent. There's a kind of whole piece of my life, my training, my coach, my sponsors, and then there's all my clients as well. So there's so many components. And then obviously, you know, my house, domestic stuff, my dog all the kind of normal stuff but it's it's man it's a whole holistic system so the thing the tool that I couldn't live without where my whole GTD system sits is Evernote my entire life is on Evernote Every, all my reference material things that I come across that I might one day want to go back to like useful websites all of my client work it's all kind of coded by by client and by obviously whether it's a personal item or a work item and yeah for me it's a total game changer because I can keep track of everything. Evernote is Evernote's been around a while a long time as well isn't it like it's one of those sort of like OG knowledge management tools and there's a lot that kind of seem to be cropping up Knowledge management seems to be the new sort of like app that people are being drawn to or that new ones are coming out. What is it about Evernote particularly that you that, that you like, that you were drawn to in the first place? I mean, it's there's, there's nothing that fancy, or certainly I don't use any of this sort of fancy functionality. There's a few, obviously you can display all of your lists in, in quite a simple way. I have the premium version, which means you can access it from any device offline or online, which I, I think helps because I could be, you know, on the underground or something and I'm trying to put something into my own and that, that's quite handy. You can also click web pages. And so if I'm reading an article and I don't have time to read it right now, I can come across it on the internet. You can click the web pages into your Evernote system. So you can put it there as a, you know, read read later, read and review. Yeah, and it just, it's fairly simple software. I think it probably has functionality features that I don't use. Those are the main things, really, just the fact that you can access it on any device. I've got it on my phone, my tablet, and my, my laptop. And I use it on planes because I'm obviously referring to it and writing up emails, drafting emails in there. Yeah, it's pretty flexible, versatile. When you get a tool that you really sort of gels for you and that you use everywhere, it does kind of become like a third arm or something, doesn't it? It becomes absolutely indispensable from 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 that perspective. So I guess also having something that's really reliable and the, and as I say, they've like Evernote's been been around for a long time, so it clearly has a sort of like good customer base, really reliable. You know, it's not going anywhere. Kind of that that sort of reliability is quite comforting with those kind of tools as well. 
I, I say that as someone flits around tools constantly and is always trying new things and then then like they go under and I'm kind of like, oh, I like that one. I'll have to go and find something new. So yeah, I can I can sort of see the how having something that you when you really depend on it, having something that you know is going to be available to you no matter where you are. I mean it's a key part of GTD is you know, is your your externalized yeah. brain, I suppose, as well. Great. So a bit of a flip flip on that and thinking about kind of rather than something that you know you've used for years and that you're completely reliant on, what was the last shiny thing that you brought into your world with that you either bought or acquired? What was the, like the last thing that you kind of you just kind of oh, I'm, I'm really enjoying having got that thing so i actually bought this pretty standard really i guess but i bought this glass noteboard for my desk and it's on a sort of a lean it's really cool it looks really slick apart from anything that's obviously <laughs> in a nice workspace but i just you know it annoyed me going through pages of notes that are all scribbled and then i'd have to transfer the notes into my evernote system anyway so they actually make sense because otherwise i can't read them i'm making mm-hmm. notes and me killing trees because i'm just writing pages and pages of paper actually this glass noteboard you have a little chalk pen and you just make a couple of notes in meetings and then transfer it into my system you know on Evernote and then you can just wipe clean and it's I I love it so this is like this is kind of like glass dry erase things I guess that you probably imagine seeing in 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 my head now this is like uh serial when you've got like a they're hunting a serial killer and they've just got notes everywhere and there are those big glass boards with kind of like lines joining things up probably on something like i don't know the bridge or something like that is that the, is that the kind of thing we're talking about it's much smaller it's like yeah. the size that just sits on your desk it's really handy for note taking in, in meetings and then after meetings i'll just quickly transfer the notes have you been tempted to write on other things with the chalk pen things yeah just like windows I, I don't know, I would just be, I wonder if it works in the shower and I'd just be writing on other things. No, just me. I've actually got a glass desk, but because it's kind of a black glass, I just don't like the idea of writing on it. I'm quite clean and tidy and it just freaks me out. What if it didn't come off? But I know it comes off because I'm wiping it off. I'm writing on my desk, but that would make my desk look really messy. So I like it just in one place on the little, you know. And is that, so is that kind of note taking and capture? And then you transfer that into your system as a, as kind of like a, a clarify step. Is that how you sort of use it? Yeah, all the actions and all the reference items, or I'm waiting for something from somebody else that all goes into the system afterwards. But it's just for scribbling while I'm yeah in a meeting. Fantastic, yeah. Because I go, I'm big on paper. Like I, I'm, I'm for for sort of that kind of thing. And I'm similarly, I absolutely trawl through like rainforests worth of like small bits of paper because my writing's quite expressive would mm-hmm. probably be the, the the polite way of saying it and so I'd end up with just kind of like probably two words on a piece of paper and then it's kind of like right I want the next one and it works very well as a, you know it's very portable and so on but I am really aware of the fact that I'm probably you know I'm I get through a lot of note paper doing that so I quite like the idea of something that's a bit more reusable certainly just finding yeah. the right thing excellent okay so we're into our the, the final question now the home straight on this one and i'd like you to finish a sentence for me amy i'd like you to finish the sentence do yourself a favor and go after whatever you want it, it sounds kind of cliche but i am kind of overthinking nothing is in and i think there's a lot of state of mind stuff that's applicable to life and really i I just think you create your own fate, you know, and I, and I, and I have experience of that, you know, and I, I know it sounds like a potentially a bit of a weak 
example, but you know, with the triathlon stuff, I've, I've, com- I've completed two full Ironmans, 10 marathons, 40 half Ironmans in the space of 10 years. And I started out not being able to do any of those three things, you know, swimming, cycling, running. And I just, and it's just, it's enabled me to do so much other stuff. I've climbed all of most of Europe's highest mountains and it's scary and it's hard, but it is a state of mind. I, I do believe that you can do stuff that you want to do. If you're not waking up every day excited about what's ahead of you, then something needs to change. I just think you need to make sure you're happy what you're doing and what you're pursuing because life is short, right? How, how do you go about deciding what it is you're focusing on? Because it's about focus, right, isn't it? It's about targets. How do you decide what it is you're focusing on and what, by extension, I guess, what you're not focusing on? Yeah, so I do this interesting exercise at, around this time of year, actually, in December. Every year, I write down areas, different areas of my life, like professionally, work, relationships, family, friends, personal development, sport, health, fitness, house, financial, spiritual, whatever, all of the areas of my life, I write down all the things that I feel I've accomplished, not just in terms of like raw accomplishment, but, you know, first experiences, for example, like I took my niece climbing the other day and I'm exposing her to a world where you are taught to be brave and push through your fear, fear boundaries and move outside of your comfort zone rather than being told you know you're pretty I I just think that's so cool for kids to learn that kind of stuff you know she got scared but she overcame it she cried and I just think you know that's that's a really valuable lesson and yeah I just think if you're not setting yourself targets every year of what you want to achieve the next year then potentially you're going to lose your way a little bit so during that exercise where I'm writing down the things I've achieved or things I've accomplished or things I've experienced I'll then do a plan the next year ahead in those different areas of my life do I need to focus more on spirituality for example do I need to focus more on my relationships have I not been giving enough time to my family or do I need to have, do I have certain targets with my sport or my business financial targets or whatever so yeah I sit down and I do that exercise and I think then on a macro level you've got a really holistic view of where your life is going you can also celebrate the wins because I think too many people achieve stuff and then kind of don't really acknowledge it and then just yeah make sure that the day-to-day stuff that you're doing is all contributing to those to those bigger that bigger stuff so it's kind of the and I suppose to go back to GTD that's your higher horizon stuff that you're then basing your projects and actions all feed into those higher horizon goals and vision is that is that kind of how you you think of it yeah exactly that you know making sure that your what you're doing is aligned with fundamentally what why you think you exist on the planet you know what your values are what what drives you on a deeper level and then just kind of feeding that down to the stuff you're doing on a day-to-day and yeah that's it the, the horizon focus model is a really good sort of way to kind of grasp that those kind of projects that you're doing and, and why they're contributing to, to to bigger stuff that's more important to you in your life so i mean a little, little bit off topic but given we're, we're recording this a uh, couple of days before christmas so in a week or so's time there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff about news resolutions and and about people making changes and, and trying to next year I'm going to do this differently. What advice would you give to someone who wants to try and change up their life and are setting themselves new resolutions who maybe historically hasn't been great at it? Like what what would you say they should do differently to 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 get to the to have the kind of experience that you've had with them? 
Yeah, I think obviously it depends what it is, but and I, I have a lot of intrinsic motivation. So, uh, and I know a lot of people struggle, you know, with with that kind of motivation, self motivation. So I would say bite, you know, bite sized objectives and goals, because sometimes something you want to achieve can feel very out of reach for some people. And obviously, it's it's a bit of a speculative conversation. It depends on what it is, but yeah, tangible bite sized goals to get to where you want to get to. Break it down, basically, because I think you know, if I'd said to myself ten years ago, right, by ten years I want to be getting a professional license in triathlon, I would have just laughed at myself. In fact, even if I'd said you know, 10 years ago, I'm going to be running my own company in 10 years time, I would have laughed at myself. It just feels out of reach. It just feels unfathomable. And then it happens, but it happens through progression. So I think you, you've got to see sort of forward progress in small areas and, and eventually the consistency and the, the commitment and the, the persistence and the dedication. So there's a twofold thing. It's about having that. It, it's about having a drive to achieve a thing, you know, and so I guess there being there's a bit of a why in there and I, I, it's one of the things that i think maybe with resolutions people sometimes miss is they go well i want to do this but they don't you know, i'm going to go to the gym every week but they don't really recognize why they're deciding they want to do that like what's the what's the driver for what, what would be the reason they do it and then it's actually from that point setting yourself little incremental targets of okay well i'm going to do this many things or i'm going to aim to go to the gym you know this many times during the first week or something and not trying to sort of crack it all in week one is that that's it's interesting as well i think because i think people know that fundamentally that you know if you set yourself too high a goal then you're you're gonna you fail you'll you'll fail quickly if you you try and achieve Mm -hmm. something too too much but for whatever reason there's something about the the idea of changing a small thing just it's i know it's not very instagrammable is it you know everest to start with your local hill it is but i completely agree with you on the why you've definitely got to have that motivation you've got to find out what it is you want which goes back to my you know go after whatever you want because if what you want ultimately is you know something that you're not currently embarking on or pursuing just figure out how to get there but you know along the way you're going to have to break it down because it will feel very a reach potentially in the early stages but yeah definitely having that kind of intrinsic motivation as to why your reason you know your reason to believe in that thing is is really fundamental fantastic well thank you amy for joining us and do yourself a favor would you like to tell people where they can find you thanks for having me it's been a pleasure yeah i've got a website amykilpin.co.uk and i'm all over all the socials i think mostly as a kilpin Excellent. And thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. And we'll see you again next time.